0: Welcome to Jess Williamson, the podcast, your go-to podcast for raw and inspiring messages from myself and other female entrepreneurs all around business and mindset. I am an award-winning business and mindset coach and serial entrepreneur, having scaled five successful businesses. I bring my unique and deep perspectives on helping you unleash your unique superpowers and build the life and business of your dreams. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I have a very special guest, my incredible client and friend, Cassandra Hilly, who is the founder of Boutique. PR agency, Millennium Communications, and recently has also just launched more of a DIY style agency called OnBrand to help you get your own PR and get featured in the press to build a long-term brand. So today we spoke all about the importance of PR, how to actually get PR, so make sure you wait until the end or listen until the end to get all of her tips. Honestly, it was like an entire masterclass. So there is a ton of good stuff in here. If you have ever wondered about how to get featured in the press or how to gain some press coverage. Now I know this is super, super important because when I started my first business back in 2016, I was featured in the West Australian newspaper, channel nine news, Forbes, the Daily Mail, so many media outlets took up my story and it catapulted the growth of not just my business, but my personal brand, my confidence, and so, so much more from there. So PR can be a really, really cool tool to build your business For the long term. And it can actually really amplify what you're already doing in terms of online marketing, social media, and all of that as well. So let's get into today's episode. Hey, Cass, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like we've really come full circle because you were my publicist for a while. You are honestly the best publicist out, So, <laughs> but now we're here chatting on my podcast because we've been working together and I've loved the journey that you've been on over the last few years, but particularly you've been making some bloody big moves over the last few months and launching new businesses and doing some really cool things. So for everyone that doesn't know you already... Did
1: you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I'm Cass. I am the founder and director of Millennium Communications, a PR agency, as well as on brand agency, which is, I guess, still a PR agency, but it's the do it yourself education agency.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about like, what is PR firstly for for people that may not have experienced that before?
1: yeah the way that i describe it is it's literally businesses talking to their people building trust credibility and it's done through a variety of different means such as media events um, endorsements influencer marketing now is one of them content marketing there's a massive array of different ways pr is done but That's essentially what it is. And it's really all about getting brands visible as well as building reputation and maintaining reputation within our forever changing society.
0: Yeah. If anyone's listening to this, they've probably received those DMs that are like, hey, we'll get you in yahoo.com and just pay us a few thousand dollars. What I think people maybe don't realize, like I had gotten press from day one in my business pretty much. And I've seen how that's been a really huge impact on the growth of all of my businesses. And then even more recently, you were able to get me into Forbes and none of that was paid. And so can you talk us through a little bit on traditional media and maybe some of the things that people don't realize, or how do you get featured in the media?
1: Yeah. Okay. Good question. Oh my gosh. I'm having like a full throwback from when we actually did like a full discussion about that period of time where that was so, it was emerging. It was so popular where everyone was getting the DMs. The main differentiation between PR and digital advertising is, is PR is earned. We've purely focused on earned media but in saying that, there can sometimes be strategies where payment is required, but that usually comes down to when, for example, you are getting an influencer to become an ambassador for your brand or a celebrity. Our job is to get you press without paying for the press. And it's all about us coming up with stories that are not just getting you featured, but it's also benefiting the audience of that particular media platform, because at the end of the day, anything that's too promotional will not get picked up. And it's our responsibility as publicists to find the story and make it relatable to media. So that's probably the biggest difference between those DMs and what we do. If you do go through that avenue and you are paying for it, it's actually classified as advertising. It's a very different approach, but I guess in a way you are still getting the same benefits, but you're paying for it. And that's usually done through the Newswire, which is a database that your Yahoo's go to to find quick stories through the wire to publish. The main benefit of what we do is it's very organic, it's very holistic, but it's really all about making sure that you get visibility and you get traction through what the journalist wants their readers to know about you.
0: Yeah. And so in an age now where there's like TikTok, obviously Instagram has been around for a while, but it's like we can get so much organic reach in these areas. What role do you feel like PR or this more traditional form of media plays in building a brand and growing in terms of
1: having a bigger vision? Yeah, okay, good question. We were talking about this before and I feel like PR has become – a lot more popular than probably or you know what not even popular it's become more recognizable now than what it did maybe five ten years ago I remember when I first started my agency everyone's like what is PR what do you do how does it work but now I feel like it's very much like a hot topic and also a massive need especially amongst the younger generation of entrepreneurs they see the value in having PR and they see the value of media one of the most important and crucial things to know about PR is it's it keeps you relevant, especially in today's society where trends come up quicker than 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We have more access to media platforms. There's always something new. And what PR does is it really keeps you visible in a forever evolving and forever changing cycle. And not only are you just building and maintaining your credibility, but you're also maintaining and building that relationship with your clients or your customers in a way because you stay front of mind. You know, you can start up a business today that has no competitors, but next week you might end up having 5. But what PR does is it makes sure that that relationship between you and that consumer, whether you found them on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, keeps that relationship there for you. It's all about building trust, honesty, bonds that in a way are unbreakable because you're consistently there in front of them.
0: Yeah. The biggest benefit that I found from PR was that credibility piece, because when it's earned media, it's like, okay, Jess has been in Forbes three times, all unpaid. And so there's obviously something important or some important message that's being shared, or the business is being recognized in a certain way for what they've accomplished. And so I feel like it is a really cool tool for building that credibility in a brand as well. And I know for me, it's obviously being featured on those platforms and getting exposure to new audiences and getting to share your story or your message in a powerful way. But then when I was able to even amplify those on my channels, like it goes beyond just obviously you securing press for your clients or people securing press that The benefit for me was like putting it on my website and putting it out to my email database or sharing it on social media, and that was where I got to see a lot of the
1: growth behind it as well. Hundred percent, it's social proofing, and I feel as though especially when you get logos like Forbes on your name, you know, or on your website wherever it might be, in a way, it instantly takes as takes away as well that obstacle or that objection that people might have into why. They don't trust you. I know when I got featured in Forbes, I had so many opportunities come to me and I'm sure you did too, Jess, that I probably would have not had prior to that. And now I use it everywhere. It's on my Instagram. It's on my Facebook. It's on my profiles. It's, you know, my personal website, my business website. And I feel like it's an instant trust builder because it's recognizable. When people may not know you or recognize you yet, but they're in that relationship building phase, they'll see those logos, they'll see those articles and they'll be like, she must be super trustworthy. It builds up that instant rapport, that instant credibility of why I need to purchase from you or why I need to utilize your services because it's not about you. It's about how the logo or how that piece of coverage allowed you to get Heard, seen, but allowed you to also share your expertise and your credibility that people want to see. As much as they think they don't need Google or need that process in order to make their decision making, it's actually not true. We all rely on it, whether it's Google, Instagram, or TikTok. We're all looking for the social proofing that comes with it. We all Google somebody's name or we Google a product or a business name to see how credible they are, whether it's through reviews or expertise being shared in the media, it's super important to the purchasing decision of your buyer. Yeah.
0: Especially when they're more of a cold audience and maybe they're not friends with you or they haven't built that relationship yet. It's going to have an instant effect. You know, if they're comparing two side-by-side businesses, it's like, okay, I have trust in this company and you're more likely to build it and grow. But in saying that, The biggest misconception, and I'm not sure if you find this as well, the biggest misconception that I find people have with PR is like, cool, I'll get featured in Forbes once and then I'll be sold out of my product overnight. And something that I've always understood from the beginning is, firstly, business is a long-term game in general. So if you're looking for quick wins, like that's great. And we do live in a very instant world these days with TikTok. But PR as well is like a long-term game, is a brand building game, is a trust game. Imagine if you went on a first date with like someone and you instantly wanted to get married on that
1: first day. It's really is building a long-term relationship. Uh, 100%. Like there's a reason why I don't do anything for a minimum of six months when it comes to PR those first three months, especially if you're new to the market, you have no credibility behind you. It's very much around building that relationship between the client and the journalist. Yeah. Okay. I might have that existing relationship, but half of the time I need to also still find a reason why the client needs to be trusted. I mean, a really good example of this is I work with a client. They are in the finance space and It's only been up until now. We've been working with them for five months. It's been in about that fourth, fifth month where we've actually started to have consistent media come out because it's timing, it's building relationships, it's all around giving information to the journalist for them to finally say yes. And then once you start, you have to keep going because then you'll fall off. You will become forgotten because there's somebody else who will step in that another PR agency has been building or trying to build that relationship with the journalist. So they'll go to them. Yeah, for sure. And I remember when we first started working together
0: and I said to you, Cass, I just really would love to get my message into Forbes. I think you secured it within like one or two weeks. But the thing is, I already had five years of press, already two other articles in Forbes on different topics and different areas. But There was that credibility piece. So while sometimes it can happen really, really quickly, I had a bit of proof behind it as well. And obviously when you team up with an incredible publicist,
1: (laughs) things get to happen pretty quickly. Uh, 100%. People want to see what you've done and they want to see where you've been sometimes before they say yes. You know, like with your, your customers, right? They need to see you at multiple trust points or touch points in a way. And then once they've seen enough and they've gathered enough evidence to be able to go, yeah, I'm ready to buy, they'll then purchase from you. You have to, it's a very similar kind of way with the media, unless you're tapping in at a time where it's what you have to say or what your product or service is, is really relevant. It's a very different story, but even then timing, credibility, proofing is always going to make you stand out a lot more.
0: Yeah. Now, in terms of getting into the price, there's obviously two kind of main ways. You can either hire a publicist who has the connections, who has the knowledge, the strategy and all of that, or you can do it yourself. And over my journey, I definitely have had periods where I did do it myself. And there's obviously pros and cons <laughs> and a lot of challenges with doing it yourself because doing it myself, I was obviously having a bit of a stab in the dark. I did actually secure some press, but I didn't have the contacts. I didn't have the relationships. And so I had to really get my investigator hat on to even find, even just finding who to contact is very, very difficult because a lot of publications, you have to find who it was and then you have to go and find that. How do you even contact them? (laughs) And there's all of these things that you don't really necessarily think about. And then have I done a pitch that's really going to land for these people? But there was a period where I didn't have money to invest necessarily. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do this myself. I see the value in it. And I did give it a go. But then there's also times when I was like, you know what? I'm at a point, I just need someone to manage it for me. And that was really cool that we got to work together in that time. Now, you obviously have Millennium Communications, which is where you manage it for people. You get to work really closely with your clients and take everything from the strategy to the contacting, to securing the press and coaching the clients on how to deal with the media. But you've recently just created your on-brand agency, which is so cool because it's basically teaching people or giving people some resources and tools to do it themselves if they do have a smaller budget, but not feeling like, where the hell do I even start? What do I do? How do I do this? And probably end up spending thousands of hours Googling it <laughs> like I probably did back in the start. So, what made you decide to create on brand agency? Because Millennium is obviously super successful. You get to work with some amazing clients. What was the light bulb moment that was like, oh, I need to make a DIY side of the business.
1: So I had COVID and, you know, you spend a week in your room, like going a bit stir crazy. And I just remember lying in bed one day kind of going, I have leads that come through. I have people that come to me who want to work with me. They want me to represent them. They want me to do their PR. But when it comes down to the retainer fee, they can't afford it. And at this time I was kind of getting a little bit nervous because there was a lot of discussion around recessions and I was like, Oh, maybe I need to figure out a backup. And I had been thinking that for a while, but then when I got into that mindset of, I don't want to just leave them hanging because half of the time I talk to them and we maintain a relationship with them, but I can't really give them any resources because then I have to think about the people who are paying me. Right? So My original idea was to actually rebrand my whole agency to on brand agency because the whole idea of on brand is keeping brands on brand. And anyone who does know me knows, I always say on brand quite a lot. Like that's so on brand for you or something like that. Oh yeah. um, That's on brand for me. And I then decided not to rebrand the agency for millennium. So I was kind of like, what else, how can I utilize this? And That's when it tapped into that idea of what if I provide a second service, a second opportunity for these people that come to me who want to work with me. They're not necessarily in Millennium, but they're a part of a second agency where they get a taste of what we do. So we'll give them the foundations to do their PR, but they're in charge of the execution. It's up to them to pitch themselves out to the media. It's up to them to come up with the kind of story they want us to write up about because we'll take care of the press release writing for them. And then alternatively to that, I then got a little bit deeper because we do quite a lot of copywriting and it was something that I never wanted to market under Millennium. So I saw it as a great opportunity to then add in those extra services and it kind of started rolling out and you were with me on this journey where. I kind of was like, well, what's going to fit under Millennium and what's going to fit under OnBrand? And that's how we got quite clear of what it was going to be like. And my mission with it is just to basically become a agency that small business owners and startups can rely on where they're not left in the dark and they can come to us for support and help when they want to do PR for themselves.
0: Yeah which is so cool because it is such a gap in the market and it's coming from a place of let me serve people. Let me help people create their magic and share it with the world, which is really, really cool. So we have been working together for about two months so far. It honestly feels like a lifetime because how much you have shifted in two months in terms of your business structures, your boundaries, your energy, your goals, the alignment, everything has been so cool to see because you entered this coaching container with just being so ready to change, to take action, to do things. And I think it was like one of the first couple of days you were like, Jess, it's so weird since working with you. It's like the universe is just aligning and I don't know how or why, but things are just happening. So how were you kind of feeling maybe two months ago? And then what has the journey been like over the past couple of months?
1: Yeah. So I remember when I first started with you, I was so burnt out and so tired. And I just, we had been speaking about it for a little while and I just was at the point where I was like, I have no flexibility. I have no strategy. I have no boundaries. I'm so very, very heavily involved in the day to days. And it's not like I didn't have a problem with that, but I just felt like my identity as Cassandra got completely stripped of me and my whole life was around work and it, was kind of consuming my life. So when I was started seeing your stories, I was like, oh man, I I want to be like Jess. How can I be like Jess? <laughs> and even like I remember after our first session, I remember like it was like go time. Things changed. I obviously changed packages. I started, you know, working on my mindset and my self-value mindset especially I um, started looking and taking more responsible for myself in my business as well and I think that's where a lot of things shifted asking for more help when I need it because I felt like I had to do it all myself which isn't true. The roll-on effect started happening. I started signing clients. I had the universe giving me some tests. Whole new packages like signing clients
0: on six-month retainers. I think you signed like two at a huge amount
1: almost in that first week. It was so cool. Yeah. Got tested with my boundaries on my self value as well, which led to big mm-hmm. conversations. I kind of learned to trust my gut as well, especially. And it's all kind of just worked out. I mean, the whole priority at the time was to focus 100% on, on brand. But I think Millennium took over a little bit because it, it is my priority. But even then in our last session last week, we've kind of established as well, like processes are everything and I, and in getting deep in your processes and your strategy, as well as understanding what it's like on the consumer side as well, the, the customer side as well within that journey, what that looks like, how I'm going to be affected by it, you know, and I'm playing smarter, not harder anymore in the sense of, I don't want hundred clients anymore. Now I'd be very, very happy if I had my 15 to 20 clients and that is all I need. And then having my on-brand stuff going around. And that's a huge mindset shift for me because I've always been somebody who wants more, 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 more opportunity, more opportunity, but I'm okay with missing out on some things now.
0: Mm, And that just comes from even our recent conversation around what does success look like to you? What does the next few years really get to feel like and what is the underlying desire behind wanting more and how can we have that now?
1: Yeah, big time. And I think like the more I think about it is it's quality over quantity is a huge thing, especially when you're working in an industry that is known for having a little bit of a bad rep as well in how clients are treated. I think that really comes back down to having established boundaries around that numbers game and knowing when to say no and knowing when to put a cap on things. So you, one, don't get overwhelmed, but everyone in your customer journey as well is feeling appreciated. A hundred percent. What would you say has been the
0: biggest shift or how are you feeling now about the direction, about the businesses, about all of the things?
1: I'd say in the last 24 hours, I've been thinking a lot more about what the future kind of looks like. I am really working hard on how do I see myself five years, 10 years from now? I've had a bit of a, you know, this specifically, like I'm still trying to understand if I want to stay in the PR game forever or not. But I'm starting to also recognize that there is a lot of opportunity for me to be able to still play in this space at a very different capacity that is more beneficial and aligned to who I am. I'm just trying to get really, really clear on what that looks like. But for now, it's Millennium is my home. Millennium is my safety net. And everyone that's included in that is part of that family. And it's now priority is getting on brand to a point where it's working for itself. It's functional and it's running in a way that is effortless.
0: Yeah, like I said, it has been incredible, like just what has moved for you, even just the self-belief or self-confidence in knowing what works for you and what doesn't. And this is what I'm here to accept. And this is what I'm not here to accept. And I love that you brought up, you feel like sometimes you're being tested. And I have found no joke, anytime that I speak to any of my friends in business, anytime we are like, cool, I'm going to clean up my boundaries or cool, I'm ready to attract higher level clients, the universe throws us like this hell of a challenge that is like, do you really want it? And it's like, that is the moment when we actually have to say, hell yes, I want it. (laughs) And I'm going to do this to make it happen. And every single time when you jumped into Voxer or you jumped on our calls, you're like, Jess, this is happening. And you were so ready to just shift and so ready to just be like, I'm taking this challenge
1: and I'm running with it. A hundred percent. I think like I've been doing things for a while in a way that's worked for me. And you know what? I'd say probably the last week has been that real big challenge of shift, especially having more aligned leads coming my way, questioning you know, like last Monday, you know, like questioning, is this actually somebody that I really want to work with or not? And being more soul focused. And I think that's the key here. I think the moment I decided to become more soul focused and purposeful with the people that I work with, that's when the universe started throwing things at me where it's going, hey, let's throw you this kind of client and let's see if you want that.
0: Yeah. And we've got two options. It's like we take the challenge and we run or we self-sabotage. And, you know, sometimes we just want to lean out
1: and it's really just leaning in. 100%. There's always challenges, right? But it's it's always there to test you in a good way. Yeah. And you've just taken
0: them and that's where the shifts really just happened. So to finish out this episode, I would love if you could share your top tips or top steps to getting featured in the press or some things that people might need to know? Easy.
1: Okay. So the first thing that I always tell everybody is before you even pitch or like, think of what you want to say is go and research the media that you want to target because not every pitch can be copy and pasted because it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everyone. So Go do some research on, okay, if you've got competitors that have been in the media recently, go have a look at where they've been featured. How were they spoken about? Who are the journalists that spoke about them? What kind of angle did they take? Get really, really, really clear on what that journalist wants to hear from you, like what what information they want to get from you. But also decide if that media outlet is going to be best for you. So there's this big misconception that, All press is good press. Not necessarily because you might think going into daily mail is a great idea or channel nine or whatever it might be is a great idea, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best thing for your brand. So get really, really clear. Is this a news outlet that you really want to get featured in, or are you just feeling like you have to get featured in it for the sake of it? Then look at the kind of audience that reads it. Is that audience the kind of customer you want to reach, the kind of clientele you want to speak to. From there, go write down the journalist's name, go find their email. And that's done. I still use Twitter as a really big resource to finding contact information. But alternatively, you can also use LinkedIn, Instagram. You can even just Google it. And sometimes they have websites and you can steal it off there. Sometimes it's even incorporated and embedded in the website of the media outlet. and tell them your story, introduce yourself. You've got to remember journalists at the end of the day are also people. So be nice, say hi, introduce yourself, get to know them, ask them how their weekend was, and then give them the main information that they need. Don't be salesy. You're not selling yourself. They'll pretty much say this is too promotional. Tell them the main facts and give them a story about who you are, about how you came across your business. Why do you do this? Or alternatively, if you want to share your expertise, go find a pain point that a lot of your customers are having right now or the audience of that media platform might be having right now and whip something up. So for example, like what we did to get you on um, Clubhouse, right? It was all around, I spent one day on Clubhouse and here's what I've learned. I've gone into Forbes with five lessons I learned from being bullied and how I use it in my business. Alternatives could be, five e-commerce strategies that every business owner should use in 2023. Or alternatively, it could be how I made $600,000 in six months. Whatever feels right for you. But most importantly, what feels right to the media outlet too. utilize what's happened in your business as well. And then from there, shoot off the email and pray a little bit, manifest it, you know, bring in those vibes. And then from there, you follow up but don't follow up straight away. Give it at least a week. Journalists are busy. Might take some time as well. You might need to pitch two, three, four times, come up with different talking points. And then that's when you might get it across the line. It is a process. It takes time and rejection is a common feeling to feel, but do not let it dishearten you if you are doing it yourself, because it's almost guaranteed to happen, but you'll get one or two yeses and that might be all it takes for you to be able to feel satisfied with the story you got out there or the results that you get.
0: Yeah. I think rejection is something we have to get used to in business in general. Like how many no's have we both had <laughs> over our
1: careers? I literally just got an email right now saying no. So like it is what it is. And it's like you can choose to sit there and cry or be upset over it. Or you could be like, ah, oh, yes, that means, you know, I get an extra five hours a week to chill a bit, you know it's all with timing and especially in PR, it's all about timing. So I even recommend do some research around what you want to talk about. You know, there are a lot of great tools out there that are SEO generators and it's a really great way to go and identify topics that people are Googling or searching right now that they're interested in finding information on. And that might be how you get coverage. So you never know what might get across the line. Yeah.
0: And obviously, the last way is you can either hire a publicist <laughs> like Cass at Millennium, or, you know, if you don't want to spend all of the time figuring out what the right angle is, who the right media outlets are, your DIY service, you give people the exact contacts, maybe a handful of contacts that are super suitable to maybe what they're wanting to pitch. So there's a bunch of different ways, but it's a really, really cool marketing
1: tool for your business and growth tool 100%. Look, I had one client last year go on sunrise and within an hour they made something crazy. I think it was like 10 grand or 15 grand or something, you know. By the end of it, I think they made like 18,000 by the end of the day. It can do you justice and it can take your business to the next level if you just look at it as a long-term game, not a short-term activity hundred percent. I feel like we've just had a whole masterclass on here. This has been super, super valuable.
0: And if you guys get press coverage, send them over. I can't wait to celebrate with you, but thank you so much Cass for hanging out and sharing all your wisdom because you really are the best. And I've worked with different PR managers. I've done PR myself as well. But one thing that I think makes you stand out is that you care that you care, that all of your clients are not just another number, that you're doing the bare minimum because that's what contract they're on. You go over and above and just really share so much love with the clients that you get to work with, which is just testament to why your businesses are just thriving.
1: It's so cool. Oh, thanks. That's so nice to hear.
0: Yeah, I know you put so much care into everything. So thank you for hanging out today. I hope everyone found this super, super helpful. If you did screenshot it and share it and tag me and Cass, which accounts should they tag for you? Uh, Cassandra.Hilly. I think that pretty much sums it all up. Yeah. And you can find Cass over on her Instagram, also Millennium Communications and on brand. Thanks, Cass. Thanks
1: for having me, bye!